The LA Kings wrap up their big road trip with a big weekend. Are the Kings back? That and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Well, how are you feeling, Kings fans? How things can quickly change. Last Tuesday, the Kings embarrassed themselves with an ugly 7-0 loss in Buffalo, but have bounced back to win three in a row, including a pair of games over the weekend. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. We take it back to early Saturday morning LA time when the Kings were in Boston to take on the very good Bruins team, one of the top teams in the NHL. This was the opening game of the ABC triple header. So the Kings on some national TV in this one. Checking the lineup uh, for the Kings going into this game against the Bruins. Uh, there were some changes, including Quinton Byfield being moved down to the third line. Adrian Kempe back up on the top line, now with Andre Kopitar and Kevin Fiala. And on defense, you had Matt Roy and Vladislav Gavrikov and Brant Clark and Andreas England back together. Previous game, it was Clark with Gavrikov and Roy with England. And David Riddich was back in net in the first of back-to-back games for the Kings on the weekend. Uh, L.A., though, and the recap against Boston would fall behind early 1-0, but tied up the game on a goal from defenseman Matt Roy, Trevor Lewis, and Andreas England with the assists. Boston would respond with a power play goal. L.A. trailed 2-1 after one. Second period, the teams would trade goals. Vladislav Gavrikov scoring his fourth of the season. Brant Clark and P.L. Dubois with the assists. I thought Quinton Byfield actually deflected that puck in the net, but apparently not. It was given to Gavrikov. Third period, L.A. down 3-2. Rookie Alex LaFerriere, back in Boston, where he played at nearby Harvard in his collegiate days, scored his seventh of the year to tie it up. P.L. Dubois and Quentin Byfield with the assists. Bruins would respond to take a 4-3 lead, but with a minute 35 to play, Andre Kobatar tied it up on a deflection on a point shot passed from Drew Doughty, deflects it in, and the Kings would tie it up. That was on the power play and with the goalie pulled for the extra attacker. Uh, Victor Arbinson would pick up an assist on that uh, uh, goal from Kopitar, and we were tied at 4-4 going into overtime. And in OT, Kings rookie Brant Clark would take a hooking call. LA went down four on three in the overtime. Kings, though, would do an awesome job, kill off that penalty, and just as the penalty expired, Brant Clark came out of the box, got a pass from Philip Deneau, skated in all alone, and beat the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, Linus Olmark, for not only the game-winning goal in overtime, but the first career goal for Brant Clark in the NHL. Checking the game stats for that big, big win over Boston. Uh, obviously, the Kings win it 
5-4. Shots on goal, favorite LA 35-32. On the special teams, the Kings went one for two. With a man advantage, Boston was one for four. Faceoffs heavily favored Boston 45 to 25. We're going to get more into that a little bit later. Block shots were dead even at 19 apiece. And the hits narrowly favored Boston 39 to 37. This was a physical contest. As for our three stars of the game, for my number three star, I'm going to go with Matt Roy. Had a goal, five hits, but he was on the ice for almost that entire four on three penalty kill in overtime. Obviously, obviously his goal was important, but I thought Roy, along with Philip Deneau, Vladislav Gavrikov, and Adrian Kempe and Andre Kopitar got a little bit of time out there as well. Uh, if they don't do an amazing job killing off that four-on-three power play for Boston, Brent Clark never gets a shot at redemption to get out of the box and get that game-winning goal. So great job for the penalty killers, and I thought Matt Roy in particular was was great on that PK and obviously the goal as well. That earns him the number three star in my book. I'm going to go on Jay Kopitar with the number two star. We're going to talk more about Kopi a little bit later, but getting that huge game-tying goal, deflecting it in. And as on Jay Kopitar goes, so go the LA Kings a bit. We'll give you the stat on that later. But for my number one star, I have to go with Brand Clark. And yes, I know he was almost the GOAT, and I don't mean the greatest of all time. Uh, I mean the guy that was to blame for a loss with that penalty in overtime. But all's well that ends well, as they say. And what a way to score your first career NHL goal, game winner in overtime. He is the first L.A. King to ever do that. Uh, I believe I saw a stat that he's the 37th NHL player in history to score his first goal as an overtime game winner. But it wasn't just your typical overtime game winner. On a breakaway out of the box, uh, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, just the... The joy and the elation on his face was uh, something that was so fun to see. Uh, he is the fourth Kings rookie this season to score their first career NHL goals, joining Alex LaFerriere, Andreas England, and Alex Turcotte. And we got a quote from Brant Clark here on what that was like to get the game-winning goal. And if you're watching on YouTube, the picture of his face again uh, is phenomenal. Um, he's almost like saying, did you guys see what I just did? Um, but yeah, the quote from Brent Clark was on his game winning goal quote, my heart was racing for a while in the penalty box. And I think from when I touched it at the red line to when everyone was jumping on me, I don't even really remember that section, but that was pretty wild. I'm happy we got the job done. That was a great moment. When you look back on this season, uh, we talk about, I like to talk about how a sports season is a book. And there's chapters in that book that get written. And that win and that moment for Brant Clark is going to be a very, very special moment. Um, I, I, this is, I don't mean, I don't mean to, I just, I can relate to what he said with that quote. I, I played sports my whole life. I was pretty good. I was never great, but I had a few moments here and there. I remember I hit a walk-off home run in Little League to win a game. And in Pop Warner football, I sacked the quarterback. He fumbled. It bounced right up in my hands like a basketball, and I ran it in for a touchdown on the first play of the game after the kickoff. And I remember those moments, but it was like electricity went through my body. You get such a, an adrenaline rush when something like that happens that you remember it, but you kind of don't remember it. But, of course, uh, he's lucky. He gets a chance to be able to watch it over and over again as many times as you want with uh, you know replays and things on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. I just thought... I, I after that goal was scored, I must have rewound it and watched it with my wife probably like eight times 
just over and over again. Uh, loved the reactions from his teammates, loved his reaction, even loved the reaction of some of the Kings fans that were in attendance. You could see him jumping up and down. What an awesome, awesome moment for Brand Clark and a huge win for the LA Kings. As far as some pluses and minuses from the Boston game, obviously winning the game was important, but winning beyond regulation, something the Kings have not been good at this season. This was the 13th time that the Kings have gone beyond regulation, so overtime or a shootout, and it was only the third time that they have won a game in overtime. Uh, they also snapped a six-game losing streak in games that went beyond regulation. So obviously, you know, they've been in a lot of close games. They haven't found ways to win some of those overtime and shootout games. So getting a win like that on the road in that fashion, that's a plus. Um, and overcoming adversity, you're down a goal late on the road against a good team, tie it up, you force overtime, and then down a man in overtime, you kill off the penalty and then get the fortunate timing on the man coming out of the penalty box. So again, just kind of a gut check kind of a game for the Kings to come back and win again against a very good team. Uh, and seeing other players step up in that game, uh, Roy, Gabrikov, Laferriere, Clark, those are all guys you're not depending on to score goals, right? Those are secondary goals. And when the Kings were at their best early this year, remember, different hero, different night. Guys were stepping up all over the place, fourth line playing well. Hopefully this is an indication of different players stepping up on different nights for the LA Kings. As for the minuses for the Boston game, too many penalties. The Kings took six minor penalties in this one. Faceoffs. The Bruins won 20 more faceoffs than the Kings. 20. Uh, that's not good. Uh, and that usually comes back to bite you in a close game. Fortunately, it didn't for the Kings. And the Kings need to be stronger protecting the house, as they say, the crease area around the net. Three of the four goals scored by Boston were within like two feet of, of the crease or around the crease. Um, I know there was a lot made on a replay between um, P.L. Dubois and Alex LaFerriere just kind of were standing there, left a player wide open in front of that. It was the third goal for Boston, um, and justifiably so. Uh, those guys, you, you can't just leave a man in front of the net like that, but the Kings need to be better. Like I said, protecting that house, that area in front of the net, uh, they didn't do a great job against Boston in that regard. But a huge win for the Kings, and they would be right back in action the next day in Pittsburgh. Could they carry over some momentum from that big one over Boston to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins? We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown LA Kings, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflicts and onboarding new employees, Camino is now offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game maybe not go over as well as you hope? Well, get the couples and family online seminar for 25% off for the first month using the discount code locked on. Again, that is discount code locked on for 25% off the rest of the month at CaminoConsulting.ca. That's C A M I N O Consulting.ca. And you can mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar and receive your first five profiles free. All right, let's get to Sunday where the LA Kings were back in action in Pittsburgh, taking on an always uh, interesting Penguins team with Sidney Crosby and the rest. And it was Yarmir Yager Jersey retirement night. If you saw any of that, it was a really, really cool night. 
the players came out and wore the mullet wigs that Yager was known for the mullet haircut. Yager himself, who's still playing in his native Czech Republic, came out and skated in the pregame warmup. They had a cool ceremony for him. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, as far as the lineup, though, for the LA Kings against Pittsburgh, a little bit different, not much. Um, but Arthur Kaliev was on the fourth line for Jared Anderson Dolan. He had been out of the lineup for a little while now. Cam Talbot, though, with a big change in net for David Riddich with the Kings playing in back-to-back games. As for this game against the Penguins, well, the Kings would fall behind early 1-0. Sidney Crosby with a power play goal. After a scoreless second period, the Kings would get back-to-back third-period goals from Adrian Kempe. The first uh, was assisted by Drew Doughty and Victor Arvidsson. That was the 18th of the year for Juice. And then the second, his 19th of the year, shorthanded uh, with just over three minutes to play. And the Kings would pull out a 2-1 win to wrap up their road trip, winning three of four. Kings are now 4-1 and one since the All-Star break under new head coach Jim Hiller. As for the uh, game stats against the Penguins, uh, again, Kings pull it out 2-1. to one. Shots on goal favorite LA 33-30. to 30. Power play, Kings were 0-3. for 3. Pittsburgh was 1-5. for 5. Faceoffs again, favors Pittsburgh, not quite by as big of a margin as the Boston game, but still is pretty significantly 36 to 23. Pittsburgh won the faceoff battle. Block shots narrowly favored the Kings 17 to 16, and the hits favored Pittsburgh 31 to 19. As for the three stars of the game against Pittsburgh, number three star, I'm going to go with Cam Talbot, 29 saves in net, did not have to be spectacular, but got the job done. Uh, obviously snapping a brutal personal 10 game losing skid. Uh, so great to see Cam Talbot play a solid game, uh, get back a little bit of confidence, get back on track with a win. And look, if he's, whether he's the number one guy eventually, or remains the number two guy, uh, he still is going to play an important role for the LA Kings the rest of the way. So we need both these goalies to be playing at least solid hockey right even at the beginning of the year we talked about we didn't expect either of them and of course phoenix copley was there at the start but we didn't expect either of these guys to light the world on fire but with the kings in front of them a good team a good defensive team felt like they could get the job done and be adequate uh and that's what we need cam talbot to be and that's what he was against the penguins the number two star for the second game of the row is andre kopitar and as i mentioned as kopi goes so go the kings he got the assist on the game winning goal after a steal in the the king's zone a beautiful little bounce pass off the boards to Adrian Kempe to spring him for that game winner. The Kings are 22-8-5 and five this season in games in which Andre Kopitar has at least one point. So he is still kind of the straw that stirs the drink for the LA Kings. When Kopi gets a point, usually a pretty good sign for the LA Kings. And the number one star of the game is obviously Adrian Kempe. And we know Juice can be a little bit streaky, uh, but for him to keep the confidence up after being a little bit of a slump. Uh, you know, shooters are going to shoot. Uh, and uh, he absolutely had a couple of snipes there, especially the shorthanded. He goes five hole with a quick little wrist shot. And again, I know Trevor Moore is leading the team in goals. He's on a bit of a slump as well, but Adrian Kempe, I still think is the best pure goal scorer on the LA Kings. And for him to step up in a big moment down one, nothing in a game that it just didn't seem like it was going to go the Kings way, scored two big goals. Uh, very impressive game for Adrian Kempe, the number one star against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kempe, by the way, the 12th player in league history. I thought this was kind of an interesting little nugget. Uh, with that goal, that was the 150th goal of his career. He also has 150 assists. So obviously his 300th career point, and he's the first player 
to reach 300 career points with exactly 150 goals and 150 assists since the LA Kings' Victor Arvidsson. Uh, He did it back in 2022. Uh, We have a quote from head coach Jim Hiller. Now that maybe the Kings are back on track, certainly a nice little stint, a great weekend. And again, they've won three of four, four of five since the All-Star break. And Jim Hiller was asked about getting the team back on track. He said, quote, it takes each guy individually, but collectively, one guy can't let anybody down. I thought after the Buffalo game this trip, we had everybody on board, everybody recommitted. There wasn't a guy that we could point to that said didn't get the job. That makes you tough to beat when you get that, end quote, from Kings head coach Jim Hiller. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's we're going to talk, you know, are the Kings back or not is the question I posed at the top of the show. But, uh, you know, confidence can be an interesting thing. And, you know, I had talked about advocating a coaching change a little bit sooner than when the Kings actually did it. Um, And it's not that Todd McClellan's a bad coach. Um, At some point, for whatever reason, and again, the Kings were playing hard for Todd McClellan. I don't believe they tuned him out. I don't believe they ever quit on him. But at some point, sometimes you just need a different voice. And Jim Hiller is that different voice. He is doing some little tweaks here and there with the lineup, doing some adjustments, um, not keeping things status quo for the most part. And look, if the Kings were losing, you could argue, what is he doing? We need these guys need to get some consistency playing together. They need to get some chemistry going. Why is he, you know, making changes? I also think though that there's something to be said for maybe keeping players on their toes by changing things up uh, game to game. I think there's a tendency to focus more on your own game when you're not worried about where you're playing in the lineup than there would be maybe otherwise. So again, it's easy to read that into it when you're doing well, but for whatever reason, Jim Hiller is pushing the right buttons right now. The team is responding to a new voice. They're getting some confidence now. And obviously it was a great thing to see for the Kings. As far as the pluses and minuses from the win over Pittsburgh, um, I'm usually posting on X formerly known as Twitter during the games. And some of you like to interact with me, which is cool. Uh, Callaghan Tim posted, quote, this game feels like one of those games where the team isn't playing bad, but the puck just isn't going our way, end quote. And I thought that was spot on. It was just one of those weird games where it wasn't like the Kings were playing well, but this they weren't getting that break. They weren't getting that bounce. It just, for whatever reason, and it did kind of feel like, well, we're going to play good, but it's just not one of those games. And great to see, obviously, an individual step up in Adrian Kempe with some help. Obviously, the steal in the pass from Andre Kopitar. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov crashing the net to make that goaltender respect the pass when Kempe ends up shooting at five hole. So certainly a team effort and all that. But I think to pull out a win like that for the Kings when things weren't going their way and to get two big goals late, another great way that this team is trending now in the right direction, winning a game when maybe it seems like things aren't going your way, but finding a way to win, uh, which is what the Kings were doing at, at earlier in the year. Uh, and it's what they weren't doing in that, uh, that stretch from late December to January, finding ways to win. So great to see Adrian Kempe step up and doing that. And I also have to say a positive, a plus was Cam Talbot talked about earlier. I think David Riddich is still going to be the number one goalie going forward. And I think he should be, but I still think Cam Talbot has a role to play in this. Um, we obviously want to have as good of a tandem as we can in net, just in case something happens to David Riddick. But I think Riddick is still the number one guy. Um, but great to see Talbot get a win. There's going to be some key back-to-back games going forward down the stretch. So Talbot, if he's not the number one guy, if David Riddick doesn't falter or if he doesn't have an injury, needs to be ready 
to play those roles. I know the Kings have two big back-to-back games coming up next week on the road at Edmonton and at Calgary. So Cam Talbot will be getting one of those starts and uh, good to see him get a little confidence and a win and a solid performance uh, going into this week and next week. As far as minuses for the uh, game against Pittsburgh, I guess more of the same from what I talked about with Boston, too many penalties and not good enough in the faceoff circle. The Kings took 11 minor penalties in the two games over the weekend, and they were beaten in the faceoff circle by a combined 81 to 48. Now, give credit to the Kings for overcoming those lopsided numbers, but that's concerning. And I, I look, I will say this. I haven't been crazy about the officiating lately. I thought Drew Doughty got called for an absurd penalty against Boston when he, I don't know, was too rough on a star player and David Pasternak. I thought that second penalty on P.L. Dubois, he had like back-to-back minors. They called for roughing. It just, you know, he shoved the guy and he fell down. Um, Quentin Byfield got shoved into the boards violently and went like head first and they didn't, they didn't make a call. So there, the officiating has been a little bit fishy. That said, the Kings are still taking too many penalties and unnecessary penalties. The holding call on Brant Clark in overtime against Boston was because he got beat on the play. And then he had to, he had to reach out and grab, um, Trevor Moore had a delay a game penalty late in the game against Pittsburgh. And then Kempe scored the shorthanded goal. Uh, but that he throws it up into the seats to just a, a careless play. Those things can't happen. The Kings overcame it. That's great. But going forward, need to be smarter, stay out of the box. And the the, the face-offs, um, especially on the power play, um, I think the Kings' power play is going to be better with Victor Arvidsson on the top unit, Quentin Byfield dropping out of that second unit. It's going to be better. But they have to win some face-offs to get the power play set up quicker. I don't know how many times over the weekend the Kings had a face-off on a power play in the other team's zone, and they would lose the draw, and the other team would clear it, and it would take them almost a full minute to just get it in the zone and get it set up. You can't waste 30 seconds of a, of, or a minute of a power play just getting it set up. So the Kings, they've got to be better in the face-off circle uh, going forward. Um, and I got you know, Andre Kopitar, uh, as I said, as he goes, so go the Kings. But I will say, if Kopi does have that injury, and I did see his hand wrapped up at the ceremony that he had, his wrist, his right hand was wrapped up when he took his gloves off to be part of that ceremony. Um, if he does have that issue going on, it, it may be affecting him in the faceoff circle. Uh, he was four for 11 against Boston, three for eight against Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know what the Kings can do to address that. Uh, I know the Penguins had Jeff Carter taking faceoffs, and if they'd win it, he'd go for a line change. So he was just out there as a kind of a faceoff specialist at times. Maybe the Kings need to consider, you know, Philip Deneau and, and P.L. Dubois taking more of the draws than than Kopi until he can maybe get healed up. I don't know. But uh, those things, penalties, unnecessary penalties, and losing faceoffs in key moments, those things become huge things uh, in the playoffs. So, it, it, again, it's something the Kings need to, need to shore up for sure. One more minus, and this is a little unfair, but Arthur Cowley have gotten the lineup against Pittsburgh, and he only played six and a half minutes. So that's not a lot of time to do much, but he still didn't do much. Um, no points. He did have a shot on goal. He had one hit. But when you've been out of the lineup for multiple games and the coach gives you a chance to make an impression, I know it's hard to do in the fourth line, but you need to really be noticeable on the ice. You need to be flying around, hitting people, being engaged. And I didn't really see that from him. So um, he had a chance to show something and he kind of didn't. So Arthur Callier, we'll see if he's in the lineup coming up on Tuesday against Columbus. So are the Kings back? 
we'll talk about that next. Uh, And we'll also check in on the latest playoff picture involving the LA Kings. That's next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, uh, we are headed to the stretch run of the NHL season and the Kings are hoping to make a playoff push. But regardless of where we are in the standings, I want to remind you that you could win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of a locked on NHL's network. Uh, Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether players like Austin Matthews or Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than based on Sleeper's projections for things like goals and assists and points, plus minus. And if you want to pick some goalies, saves as well. And it's not just the NHL. You can play fantasy with the NBA as well. And you can win 100 times bet on Sleeper. Uh, what you need to do is correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. Uh, you can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention, nail your picks and you can win big. Use the promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availabilities. The LA Kings return home to face the Columbus Blue Jackets 7.30 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast to your LA Kings on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. So are the Kings back? Well, they've won four or five since the coaching change. Um, but I would say not yet. I still need to see a little more. Uh, it's a great start. Um, but even with the results of late, I still don't see this Kings team playing at the level that they were, say, in November when they looked like one of the top teams in the NHL. They've got three home games coming up, all winnable games, Tuesday against Columbus, Thursday against Nashville, Saturday against Anaheim. Uh, Let's see how they play in those games, if they can keep it going, bank points, and keep moving forward. That will be an encouraging sign, but I think next week will be the test and how the Kings play in Edmonton, in Calgary, in Vancouver. Those are all huge uh, division games. And uh, hopefully we see more of what we saw over the weekend from the Kings. Um, But uh, right now it's improving. It's moving in the right direction. They're getting confidence, uh, but got to see more. And obviously let's see how they fare on that big Western Canadian road trip that's coming up as well. Uh, Let's quickly check the Pacific Division and the Western Conference playoffs uh, race uh, coming out of the President's Day holiday. Hope you had a good holiday, by the way. Uh, The Oilers picked up a couple of wins since Friday's show, they've got 67 points. So even with the Kings' two victories, they did not pick up any ground on Edmonton, who's the third-place team in the Pacific. Kings are still at, are at 64 points now, so they have three points back of the Oilers, and Edmonton has one fewer game played. But the Kings did separate themselves from the St. Louis Blues, who lost both their games since Friday, uh, lost to uh, Nashville, and then today lost to Toronto. So they have now fallen four points back of the Kings for that number one wildcard spot, and the Kings still have two games in hand on St. Louis as well. Nashville has 58 points. They're six points back of L.A., and then Calgary and Seattle both have 57 points. They're both seven points back of L.A. So those two wins over the weekend open up a little bit of breathing room for the L.A. Kings uh, pretty solidly right now in a wildcard spot in the Western Conference. If the playoffs started today, it would be the Kings against the Dallas Stars in the first round of the playoffs, Dallas leading the Central Division. They're four points up on second place, Colorado. For you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up on Tuesday, we're going to have a preview of that Kings-Blue Jackets game, uh, see how the Kings are moving in the right direction as well, getting back on home ice. Wednesday, we'll recap that game and maybe be joined by a special guest. Thursday, 
preview the Kings Predators game, maybe have a crossover special for that one. And then on Friday, of course, we'll recap the Kings Predators, preview the Kings Ducks on Saturday, and have another Kings fan feedback show. If you want to send an email to be a part of the feedback show, lockedoneddy at gmail.com is the email address. We'd love for you to stay connected with us on social media, X, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your holiday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings, go.